Welcome back, everyone, to the Peanut Gallery Podcast. It is myself, Dan Irwin, here, and it is only going to be myself, um, Jared, as many of you might remember. Um, he was moving this past week and is still moving, for those of you who have moved to a house and bought a house, probably understand that completely. It's an ever-changing flow of boxes, unboxing, clothes everywhere, get everything set up in the proper rooms how you like it uh, and then you start planning you know for all the paint you want to change and all that fun stuff so it will be just be me uh, that you guys hear tomorrow morning I'm recording this right now it is Monday night we had an early game with the Chiefs uh, playing the Bills and then right now it is halftime of the Arizona Cardinals game against the Dallas Cowboys, which the Cardinals are winning 21 to three and it is a shellacking. So let's recap. Let's talk about what happened this weekend. Uh, I had one of my worst weekends. I would say from a prediction standpoint, it was not my friend. I picked a, a fair amount of upsets and unfortunately some teams that were favored pulled off the victories and not really shocking, shocking facts, fast. Yeah shocking fashion but you know a lot of these teams that were favored in my opinion also aren't very good teams so let's go to our christopher nolan tier games let's start it off with one of the games that i think a was one of the most lopsided victories of the weekend and also i did not see coming i know jared had the steelers i took the browns on that game the steelers dominated that game if you watched it it was not even close there was nothing working for the Browns at all. They were 1 for 12 on third down, 0 for 3 on fourth down. They only had 220 yards of total offense. So when I talked about the previous week, an episode with the clash of different styles where you had the Browns who were number one in rushing the ball versus the Steelers who were the second best rush defense, the Steelers prevailed. In, in that battle, and it was not even close. The Browns only had 75 yards rushing totality, only rushed at three-point yards per click. It was not great. And then the another key factor in this game, Baker threw two picks because they were having to throw the ball due to be behind early. He also threw a pick six early in the game to Mika Fitzpatrick, which did not help their cause. And really, it was off to the races from there. The Steelers didn't really have to do much, to be honest. They didn't look great either. Um, but when your defense is dominating the game, you score a touchdown on defense. You know, as you're seeing tonight and then another game I'll discuss later, the Buccaneers game, your offense just has to not screw up. And that's what the Steelers did. So cheers to them. They dominated. I'll be interested to see uh, what happens second second time around. And I believe... This game is the week 16 or 17. Um, so, and that could be playoff implications. Although the Browns lost here, I still think at four and two, they're going to be able to make the playoffs due to seven teams making it this year. So I anticipate them getting either the sixth spot or the seventh spot. And I need to probably start reassessing the Steelers team. Uh, they're five and zero. Five and zero deserves some respect. I've been disrespecting them all year. Their first four wins weren't that impressive. Uh, I do think this one is impressive, especially by the margin of victory, them winning 38-7. to They are now, in my opinion, them, the Titans, and the Ravens. 
are the four the four teams, uh, including the Chiefs, of course, that are are teams that could win the AFC and come out. So let's go on to the next game, where we had the Chicago Bears. They played the Carolina Panthers. Bears are now five and one. I also probably need to start respecting them a little bit. Um, I'm not going to go full fledged and think they are a Super Bowl contender yet. I need to see what the next five games entail for them. They they were able to win that game, twenty three to sixteen. So they covered the spread. They were three point favorites. The Steelers, of course, obviously covered the spread uh, in their previous game I just talked about. But here for the Bears, really a battle around winning the turnover battle. The Panthers had three turnovers compared to the Bears' one. Uh, so that was not great. And then you tackle that on with the Bears' defense overall. Um, while the Carolina Panthers were able to you know, rack up some yards, they had over 300 total yards of offense. Unfortunately, they didn't convert where it mattered. They were three for 13 on third down. So terrible third down efficiency, just like the Browns had. And also they were not protecting Teddy Bridgewater at all. The Bears defense got after him, causing the three turnovers and four sacks along with seven QB hits. Those were the key differences of the game. Because once again, the Bears offense, you know, they don't impress me. And they're not going to impress many people, to be honest. They once again were not great at rushing the ball. They had 63 total rushing yards on 2.5 yards per click. So that is god-awful. This is why I'm still hesitant to put them as a Super Bowl contender on the NFC side. I need to see them play the Packers. I need to see them. I believe they have the Saints coming up and a couple other teams. And I want to say the Titans. So... Really, the next five weeks are going to determine if I think this Bears team can be a NFC contender and possible team that comes out of the NFC, or if they're going to be fake and won't be able to win against the teams like the Seahawks, the Packers, and and the Bucks. I know they beat the Bucks last game, but I'm about to talk about the game where they just thrashed the Packers and looked like a completely different team. And when we talk about peaks, you know, what's the peak of this team? What do they look like at their best? The Bears don't have that gear. And I at least I haven't seen it. Maybe they do. You know, TBD, let's see how the next 10 weeks play out for them. But once again, still not impressed, but they got the victory. So cheers to them. Bears, you're 5-1. And, and, you know, your upcoming games against the Packers are going to determine whether you win the NFC North or not. Speaking of the Packers, let's go to that game because Jared and I differed on this game not shockingly and although the Packers upset me with their inability to cover a 13 point spread a part of my tease which you know lost me a hundred dollars the Bucks looked amazing and very similar story with the Steelers here because the Packers looked great you know, first quarter, wow, like, look out. This is going to be a dom- dominating game from the Packers. Maybe the Bucks are fake. I don't know what I've been talking about. But then all of a sudden, beginning of the second quarter, Packers get the ball, 
and pick six. Bucks score the ball. It's 10-7. Next drive for the Packers. Rodgers intercepted again. And then the Buccaneers take advantage of scoring another touchdown. And then they get the ball after the Packers punt the ball. They score again. The Bucks outscored the Packers the rest of the game. The key difference mainly being they scored four touchdowns in the second quarter and ended up leaving in the halftime up 28-10, to 10, and the Packers never could really recover after that. Tom Brady looked solid. He didn't really need to do much. A lot like Big Ben didn't really need to do much in their win against the, against the Browns. But he didn't turn the ball over. He was efficient. He was throwing the ball downfield. He looked, he looked great. He had Godwin back. Gronk had five catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. That connection was looking solid. But the real MVP of this game was the Buccaneers' defense. And second being uh, Ronald Jones, the, the, the second. He had over 113 total rushing yards. was fantastic. The rushing attack for the Buccaneers was great. He had two rushing touchdowns. And the defense, not only the two turnovers, which led to 14 points, of course, but they sacked Rodgers five times and had another eight QB hits. Rodgers looked awful. He was not comfortable. He went 16 of 35 throwing the ball. It was dreadful to watch them after the first first quarter. And, you know, you really kind of have to start the wonder, you know, what was this? I mean, the Packers had two weeks to prepare. They had a bye week. How do you not get up for this game? You're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have Tom Brady. Everyone's saying that they're going to win the NFC. You know, many people, including myself, you should be excited. You should be jazzed. And you lay an egg. You lay an absolute egg. It's unacceptable. I'm sure Packers fans are pissed. They're probably chopping it up as, you know, a bad week, which happens. Bad weeks do happen. The Browns were looking great early through five games. Then they got thrashed by the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers are 31 points better than the Browns. Just like I also don't think the Buccaneers are 28 points better than the Packers here. But this is where my prediction of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the NFC, this is why. Their defense is stellar. It's a top five defense. Todd Bowles, in my opinion, he'll need to figure out and the right offensive coordinator to hire and make sure the GM is drafting players that fit his personnel and what they're trying to do on offense. But his defenses are always top five. He's an amazing defensive coordinator. I think he deserves another shot as a head coach. In this Buccaneers their level, their height of their powers, this is what it looks like. And it's scary as hell, in my opinion. Other teams should be afraid of, of what they just saw. And it is why, like I said and predicted, the Buccaneers are going to win the NFC is because this is their top tier and no one else can match it. Now let's move on. Uh, I've been gassing up the Buccaneers enough and, and giving them enough credit. I'm sure people are, are tired of me talking about them. So let's go to the last game from our Christopher Nolan tier, which was the game that started at 4 p.m. Uh, I'm sure many people were probably finishing up work or still working while this game was happening. 
And in case you missed it, it was very much very similar to the Packers Buccaneers game. And what I mean by that is the bills look great on their first two drives. And then after that, nothing, they looked absolutely dreadful. The chiefs dominated this game after that point of attack. So Buffalo went up early in the second quarter, 10 to seven. They were completely dominating the line of scrimmage. They were, they had ball control. So Patrick Mahomes was barely touching the ball. The first two, three possessions for the chiefs and they weren't capitalizing as well. And then after that, it was over. Um, the chiefs had the ball for 37, 38 minutes of this game. They had over 245 rushing yards. Clyde Edwards Alaire was absolutely fantastic. And he was the key, key to victory for this game. He had 26 carries, 161 yards, was absolutely fantastic. Had a rushing TD called back, which eventually Patrick Mahomes threw to Kelsey and capitalized on that. And that was, that was the key difference for me. That and Josh Allen did not look great. The Chiefs defense was fantastic. They were getting pressure on Josh Allen. Although they did not sack him, they didn't sack him once. They were getting pressure after pressure. They had over eight QB hits. They're making them throw the ball early. It was a little wet outside. So the conditions up in Buffalo were not great for Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. But the Chiefs came out ready to play after losing last week to the Raiders and really did what I expected, what many expected. Most people had the Chiefs winning this game. It's really tough to imagine Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team losing back-to-back games even against a solid team and what will be the AFC East winner, division winner in the Buffalo Bills. It was just unfortunate timing for the Bills facing the Chiefs team that just came off a loss. Extra motivation, going to hone in on their mistakes, took advantage and really rushed the ball well. And what concerns me a little bit for the Bills, and I'm going to have to see how this plays out the rest of the season, their defense is not as stingy as it was last year. Um, they're only top 15, top 17 in, in all rushing and passing categories and points scored against them versus last year. They were top 10 in all those categories and overall was a top five defense. So that is concerning. They need to get back to that top 10, top 10 ways in order, in my opinion, for them to be a serious threat um, regarding an AFC championship game getting there. Uh, otherwise, right now, in my opinion, they're going to lose to the likes of either the Chiefs again, uh, possibly the Steelers or the Titans, who they lost to last week and got throttled. All right, with those games discussed, let's move on to the Michael Bay tier. First, I want to talk about what was a wild game to watch. High-scoring affair, much higher scoring than Jared and I predicted. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans overcoming the Texans and winning in overtime. And the Titans started off strong. They jumped out to 14-0 lead, then made it even 21-7. So I thought they were just going to run with the, run away with this game, to be honest. But cheers to Deshaun Watson. He played absolutely fantastic and did not want that to happen. He had a great game, was 28 of 37, over 330 yards passing and four touchdowns with no turnovers. 
So overall, I thought for the most part, Houston outplayed the Titans a little bit here. The problem for the Texans is their defense was absolute trash. They couldn't get any stops, and we saw that in overtime. I mean, the Titans had two turnovers. They had two turnovers, which would lead you to think that the Texans would take advantage and win the game, but nope, couldn't pull it out. The Titans had over 600 yards of total offense. Just absolutely mind-boggling. And they were 6 for 10 on third down, so they are efficient there as well. The key for the Titans' victory was Derrick Henry just going beast mode and dominating the Texans. He had on 22 carries over 200, over 200 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He had the touchdown, the win game in overtime, which is to be expected. Uh, I believe they're on like the six or seven yard line and did like, did like a pitch play um, to him. And, and he just ran right, right through everyone. And you even saw it too. It was, if you saw the coin toss, it was funny seeing Deshaun Watson's reaction. Uh, obviously the Titans called, called, called it correctly. I can't remember whether it was headers, heads or tails. And right when they say they want the ball and they knew they lost the coin, coin toss to Sean Watson literally turns his head and just goes fuck. Cause he knows he's like, my defense isn't going to be able to stop. And that was really the key factor. Unfortunately for Deshaun Watson, who had a great game, his defense couldn't stop a lick. And that's why they lost. Now, the Texans are one in five and as per what Jared, Jared said and predicted at the beginning of this year, it is not looking likely that they are going to come out of the AFC South and uh, a win that division, let alone, you know, obviously at one and five, I don't foresee them making the playoffs. Unfortunately now Titans five and oh, gotta start, gotta start talking about them. Now I'd, I'd said it with the Steelers. I think right now, um, you know, if I had to rank them in order, the top four teams in the AFC, I'm probably going Chiefs one, Titans two, Steelers three, Bills four. And what's great about this is we get the Titans Steelers next week. That game is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait to see who wins that and to discuss that Wednesday night with Jared. So cheers, Titans fans. You got a lot, got a lot to root for right now. But uh, until you beat the Chiefs. I ain't, I ain't putting you on. Just can't do it. Let's go to what almost could have been the upset of the week, in my opinion, was the Cincinnati Bengals playing the Indianapolis Colts. If you were watching this game, which probably not many were, uh, just due to the Bengals' record and, and just overall not many people believing in the Colts, the Bengals stormed out to a 21-0 lead. They had that lead literally by the beginning of the second quarter, essentially. And they ended up losing, unfortunately for them. The Colts roared back due to, I never thought I'd be saying this because I give him such a hard time every week on this podcast, due to Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers balled out. He had one of, one of his games where you're like, wow, it's like that, that's the franchise quarterback Philip Rivers we sometimes see instead of the turnover machine. He was 29 of 44 through for over 371 yards passing three touchdowns and only one pick. And that, that was the key difference, right? Instead of having two or three of those, he's only got one. And he really 
revive this team and helped get them over the hump of what could have been a massive upset and might have hurt the psyche and, and mentality of that team going, you know, instead of being four and two, being three and three, losing to the Bengals who are trash, rookie quarterback, we shouldn't be losing to a team like that. So cheers, cheers to the Rivers, cheers to the Colts coming out again that victory. A little shocking to me that they were able to put up 27 points on the Colts defense. So I might need to uh, reassess the Colts D and how much credit I've been giving them previously. And, you know, Joe Burrow, man, he didn't throw any touchdown passes, but he was 29 of thir- 25 of 39, threw for over 300 yards, and he did throw a pick, which is not great. The Colts ended up capitalizing on that. But he was fantastic. He just looks great and is the absolute inverse of Baker Mayfield, who... You know, TBD, he might get me, be, might be getting replaced by Case Keenum in, in short order if, if he uh, keeps on pace with throwing two picks a game. So, Bengals fans, you know, hang in there. You're not going to get a lot of Ws, but you got to be happy with the way your team's playing considering the talent you have on the team is always inferior against the talent you're facing. So, keep your head up. You guys will get there. You got your franchise quarterback. Now you just need to get some defensive pieces and then, you know, draft an O line because Joe Burrow is getting sacked a lot. Didn't get sacked this game a fair amount, only two times. But previous all the previous games, he he right now was on pace prior to this game, getting sacked the most ever in one season by a rookie, breaking the record which has been held by David Carr, Derek's brother. If you might remember him, he got drafted by the Texans um, after they they were created and came into the league. So you don't want that happening. That can hurt his psyche, do all a bunch of terrible things that end up destroying him and his confidence. So you need to stack the line, draft defense, and and you can go upward from there. Next, another upset, which Jared, nor Jared, nor I predicted, is the Patriots losing. Patriots lost to the Denver Broncos at home. Um, I know there's a lot of factors out there as to why, right? You know, couldn't practice basically for two weeks because you couldn't have anyone in the facilities. Cam Newton hasn't practiced essentially for two weeks. Uh, Stefan Gilmore also got COVID for them. So they've had a lot of COVID factors and problems on their team. So, you know, a lot of people be like, Oh, that's an excuse. I, I don't know how a facts are excuse, right? Like that's, those are just facts and it's hard. Practice is important. Chemistry is important. Um, you know, if you look, if you watch basketball, go look at, you know, the Clippers, the Clippers lost to the nuggets in their favor. They're favored to win the title. And one of the main reasons was they had bad chemistry. And chemistry is created through practice. And that team was not playing all their starters all the time and they're resting throughout the regular season. That affects. And you can correlate that directly to here. Cam Noon wasn't able to practice. The team really wasn't able to practice. And that showed on the field. So I don't want to put too much emphasis on this loss. But I still think without practice, you should beat a Broncos team who just got Drew Locke back. 
who overall isn't that great either. Um, so still to me, shocking. It was a close loss. They weren't great. Cam wasn't great. You could tell he looked off. He only threw for 150 yards. He threw two picks. And really outside of Cam Newton rushing the ball, this offense didn't look great. It looked exactly what I predicted and expected this offense to look like, which is marginal. Those same weapons that Tom Brady had last year are still there, and they're all trash. So the only way this team is going to be good is if Cam Newton is Carolina Panthers Cam Newton, and he's carrying the team. Now on the other side of the coin, cheers to the Broncos and the victory. Drew Locke did not look great in my opinion. He completed less than 50% of his passes and turned the ball over twice as well, just like Cam Newton. Um, their rushing attack was solid and was kind of the key to the game. You were basically playing, playing keep away, essentially, um, and taking advantage of the fact that the Patriots just look completely out of sorts. So let's see if the Patriots can you know, turn around next week, get some practice in. And for the Broncos, cheers, nice victory. Drew Locke's back. Didn't look great, but it was first his game back after missing four. So let's see with him as well. Get some practice in and uh, see if he looks better next week. Now let's talk about the Eagles. Oh, oh, my Eagles. The only good thing the Eagles have going for them, much like every other team in the NFC East, and really I'm just talking about the Cowboys because we know the Giants and the Washington football team are going to win this division, is that the Cowboys also look like absolute trash. In fact, uh, I don't have – I'm you know, recording in my other room where my computer is, and so I don't have the game in front of me. But it is 28-3 to 3 right now that the Cowboys are losing. And the Arizona, according to this you know, ESPN box score, they're first to go at the Dallas one. So it's about to be 35-3. to 3. Uh, That's a good thing. Bad thing is the Eagles lost. The Eagles lost to the Ravens in a close game. Um, Ravens did not cover the spread. As I predicted, they did win the game. As I predicted, they won 30 to 28. And my opinion should have lost this game. Carson Wentz wide receivers and weapons dropped two touchdown passes. So that's 14 points that they should have had. And I was, I was doing some research, you know, before and wanting to see what ammo I could possibly have with regards to defending Carson Wentz. So when the season began, right, you have your 53-man roster and who the start, projected starters are going to be, right, for week one. Right now, this game, Carson Wentz only had one starter from offense playing with him, and it was Jason, Jason Kelsey, the brother of Travis Kelsey who's the signer for the Chiefs. One. One. Like, that is insane. Once again, like last year, Carson Wentz is having the piecemeal all these backups and trying to get victories. And unfortunately, it's obviously not working out. They're one, four, and one. They had chances to win this game. I think they should have won. And he played okay. He did have he did have a turnover. I believe. Let me let me double check that real quick. He did have a turnover. Yep, he fumbled. But other than that, he was okay. He Threw for over 200 yards, had two touchdown passes. And like I said, there were – I was watching this game pretty vigorously. There were 10 drops, 10 drops from wide receivers and tight ends and running backs. 
So sure, his percentage was not great because he was only 21 of 40, uh, so just barely over 50%. But 10 drops is absurd. The average in an NFL game is, is between three to four. So really, he should have looked a lot better. Like I said, his wide receivers dropped two touchdown passes. And not to mention, they were playing a great team in the Ravens. You know, they're right up there with, with the Chiefs, Steelers, and Titans. They're always going to be tough to beat. Their defense is solid. And that, that was proven again because the Eagles got sacked and Carson Wentz got sacked six times. I still believe the Eagles will win this division. I think they are going to figure it out. Unfortunately, again, Ertz is now their tie, starting tight end is out for four weeks. That's been announced. So Wentz is once again going to have to do it with, you know, the grocery store guy, the guy who, you know, was a bartender at a bar last week. It's, it's, it's tough sledding for him. He does need to, regarding those sacks, he does need to stop holding the ball on ball too long. He's been known for that and needs to cut that out. Just throw it away, get outside the pocket and just throw it out of bounds. Um, and fumbles, just, just cut it, man. Just two balls, two, two hands on the balls, man. It's not hard. Um, now the other side of the coin, you know, Ravens, congrats, solid win. You beat a team you should have beat. Lamar looked great rushing the ball, which I was happy to see, mainly because that means they're getting back to their bread and butter. You're not going to beat the cheat. You, their identity is running the ball. Do not go away from that identity, in my opinion. You should only be going away from that when you're down like 30, 35 to 7, right? But if it's only 14-0, you know, 21-7, depending obviously on how much time is left in the clock, like still keep doing what you're doing. The Ravens are great when they're utilizing Lamar Jackson and running those RPOs and those, those pitch options. You got to keep doing that stuff. And Lamar needs to keep, keep putting pressure on the defense. Um, so they were doing that this game. Like they, they, in my opinion, got lucky getting away with the win because the Eagles left 14 points on the board, but cheers. Five and one, only lost to the Chiefs. I'm going to be very interested to see uh, over the course of the next 10 weeks how the Steelers and Ravens matchups turn out because I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel the Steelers might win this division. I, I've not been impressed with the Ravens so far this year. Now let's head to the Rams 49ers game. Another shocker. Um, I do believe Jared predicted the 49ers to win, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head. But Jimmy Garoppolo was clearly needed that extra week of rest because he looked a lot better, a lot better. He was had zip on the ball, was comfortable in the pocket. The ankle wasn't hurting him, so he looked great. He was 23 of 33 for over 260 yards and three touchdown passes with no picks. They looked fantastic. They also rushed the ball well. They completely controlled this game from start to finish. They had the ball for over 38 minutes. It was a masterpiece. It's exactly how they drew it up. And the Rams, you know, we kind of talked about it. We need to, you know, are they a little fraudulent, right? Because what, what our worry was, what my worry was, was around the only teams they've beaten is everyone in the NFC East. And then they lost a close one to Buffalo. And now they lost to their interdivision rivals, the 49ers, by eight points. You know, not great. Kind of, kind of worrisome around, are they really good? You know, we got 10 weeks to find out. 
I do think they'll probably make the playoffs as they as the seventh seed right now. But Goff didn't look great. He threw below 50% completion percentage, threw a pick, just like completely out of sync. You know, he didn't get sacked, but once again, you know, sacks aren't always a great indicator of, of if a team is, is playing well and looks off. He got hit over over nine times. You know, so he was clearly frazzled in the pocket. They were terrible on third down efficiency. And, you know, like I said, to cheers to the 49ers and, and cheers to them and how they played, they just dominated the game. They dominated line of scrimmage on both sides, and that's why they won. So let's see if uh, hopefully Jimmy G stays healthy for the 49ers because maybe, you know, it might be the 49ers who get that seventh seed instead of the Rams if they can turn it around and Jimmy G is, is healthy. Let's go to the last game, which is the game that's being played right now. So won't touch on too much, but the last game of the Michael Bay tier. Cardinals are dominating. You know, I thought it would be closer than it is. I predicted a 35 to 30 win. It is nowhere near going to be that. They're winning 28 to 3. Anticipate them winning by somewhere in the realm of 21 to 17 points when all said and done in this game. Cheers to the Cardinals. They're going 4 and 2. It's 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 just been a joke of a game. Kyler Murray's look great. I honestly think they could have 42 points right now on the board the Cowboys. Two fumbles by Zeke. Dalton's look terrible. Kyler Murray is shredding them. It it's a Cardinals masterpiece, and you know finally, I, yeah, obviously I didn't want Dak to get injured. You never wish injury on any player. I do wish he didn't get injured to watch him with this whole line. Dak is finally realizing and seeing what Carson Wentz has had to deal with, which is injuries all the freaking time. And guess what? When you have two rookies and then Zach Martin got injured during the game, the Dallas Cowboys starting center, and another new alignment in the, in the case, guess what? You're not as great. You don't look great. You don't look like a great quarterback anymore. And then everyone starts criticizing you for how shitty you are without factoring in everything else. So Dallas, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. We'll wait to see what the Zach Martin injury is, uh, if he's out for multiple weeks as well. I just luckily, all you have to say is luckily they're in the NFC East with the Eagles and Giants and Washington, who are also all not that great. That's the only thing Dallas has going for them. And Aiden Dalton, I feel bad for you, buddy. You're uh, with that line, you're you're going to put in a, in a tough situation, and hopefully you can come out uh, on the other side healthy. Now let's go to what were the Rodrigo Cortez games, the worst tears. Really, I was not watching. Uh, I watched a couple of them, mainly because I had money on the games. Uh, let's first start off with the team who I was never going to predict to win. Finally won a game. They looked like the Atlanta Falcons that, you know, Jared predicted to have a better record than the Buccaneers, which was laughable and still is. But they looked great. They looked absolutely fantastic. The Falcons won their first game after firing Dan Quinn. Congratulations. They beat the Minnesota Vikings 20, or excuse me, 40 to 23. It was never even that close. The score was 33 to 7 with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. So really, those last few touchdowns by the, by the Vikings were, 
or what we like to call garbage time and what Dak Prescott used to be the king of. Now, Andy Dalton, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Threw for over 371 yards, four touchdowns, was 30 for was 30 of 40. Beast mode. And Julio Jones, another great game. Eight receptions, 137 yards, two touchdowns. They're fantastic. That and the key, real key difference to this game, Kirk Cousins, man, three interceptions, man. That's that's not gonna cut it. You cannot expect your team to win a game when you throw the when you throw three picks and only control the ball for just short of 20 minutes. It's not gonna cut it. Not gonna win the game. Um, obviously, missing Cook, you could tell hurt their offense. You know the backup. Madison only had 10 carries for 26 yards. They could not get their rushing game going, which is their bread and butter. And when Kirk Cousins looked good, it's because Dalvin Cook is dominating the game. Um, Vikings, I, I don't know how they make a playoff spot. With the Bears 5-1, and one, the Packers, you know, are going to win the division. Vikings are completely having an inverse of last season where, where they look great. I do not see them probably even winning eight games they're probably gonna be six and ten five and eleven and really need to readjust and, and reassess uh some key holes on on their team now let's go to the worst game of the day at least i i, I thought uh yeah probably toss up between this game and the jets and dolphins but we had the two worst teams in the nfc least the giants facing off against the washington football team the giants finally got their first win Congratulations. And they won a squeaker. They won 20 to 19. It was a close game. Both teams honestly didn't look that great. Both quarterbacks didn't look great. I don't really have anything positive to say about either team. Uh, they're two of the worst teams in the league. You will see both these teams with a top six pick next year. And really, you know, if I was either of them, I'd, I'd be trying to lose, to, to be honest, to get Trevor Lawrence. Because I don't think Daniel Jones is the solution in New York. And Kyle Allen nor Alex Smith is the solution in Washington. So they just need to hit the reset button, uh, develop what the talent they have, and then draft the franchise quarterback in next year's draft. All right, let's go to another game where I picked an upset and was dead wrong. The Detroit Lions finally held on to a lead as well. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars did not look great. They barely rushed the ball, and that was the key difference here. They only had 44 rushing yards. <laughs> like, you just, it's hard to win games that way. Like, the Bears right now are the only team winning games by rushing for, you know, 30 yards a game. Uh, it's just hard to do. And guess what? The Jacksonville Jaguars don't have a top five defense like the Chicago Bears do. So unfortunately, they can't hang their hat on that. So yeah, choose the Lions. Got their second second win of the season. Matt Stafford looked okay. And, you know, had a couple nice throws. Kenny Galladay's been back for two weeks. You could see that chemistry uh, turning lights on there. And really, the, the rookie running back, Swift, played very well for the Lions. He had 14 carries over hundred yards and two touchdowns. And overall that was, that was the theme and difference in this game from my perspective. 
You had the Lions who rushed for 180 yards versus Jacksonville who only rushed for 44. Everything else overall was pretty even across the board. Uh, and really even, you know, Lions weren't even that great on third down efficiency. They were three for 12. They just kept moving the ball on first or second down and then kept the ball away from the Jaguars. So cheers there, Jacksonville. Looks like I could be right about my 1-15 prediction. You guys got your one win out of the way week one. And since then, you've looked pretty terrible. And it's going to be uphill sledding, but don't worry. You know, you are in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. It feels good. Light is at the end of a tunnel. You only got 10 weeks left. So cheers. Enjoy them. Now let's go to the final game. <laughs> that was absolutely terrible to watch. I didn't watch this game at all. Um, I did see highlights at the end where Tua got in, so I was happy for him to get some playing time, but that was because it was a blowout. The Dolphins won this game 24-0. And as of now, it is 9.30 p.m., and Adam Gase still has his job, which is shocking. I don't know how that man has his job. This team is dreadful. They've had to play with Flacco for the past two weeks, which he's absolute trash. Way past his prime. Really, he only had that one good year with the Ravens. Um, and specifically that playoff run where I want to say he threw for 12 touchdown passes and no picks during that Super Bowl one with the Ravens where they beat the uh, 49ers in New Orleans where the lights went out for or the power went out for like an hour and a half. So, Jets, you as well. You, you are winning right now because you're 0-6. You're winning the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And honestly, I, I would agree too. I think they need to move on from Sam Darnold. I don't think Sam Darnold's that bad. I just feel he's not been set, set up to succeed. Uh, but also at the same time, you can just see when he plays the, the inaccuracy, the deer in headlights sometimes versus, I mean, Joe Burrow's not on a good team. And you can tell this dude's a quarterback. This dude is going to be a franchise quarterback where I'd, it's been three, three seasons. I haven't seen that Darnold. I don't expect to see it anytime soon. Dolphins, you know, unfortunately for fans who want to see Tua, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon due to the fact that they are 500 at 3-3. Three and three, And Fitzpatrick is playing well enough not to lose his job as they're winning games. Um, unfortunately, because I, I, I want to see Tua, I really do. I, I think this might work in their favor in case those who don't remember. Patrick Mahomes did sit his entire year, first year in the NFL, except the last game when the Chiefs had – locked up the three or four seed, I believe it was. And so winning or losing wasn't going to affect their playoff standing. And, and they played Patrick, and he looked phenomenal. I hope it's a similar situation here where, you know, last game or two, then Tua gets in. And after, you know, basically watching for a year, really understanding how to be a pro, and Fitzpatrick is the ult- ultimate pro's pro, great guy. He was even cheering on Tua when he got in the game. So that's you love to see that, see your teammates rooting you on. Uh, I think this will set them up well for, for next year, and the Dolphins will continue to draft more talent and get better around him. And then, who knows, maybe Miami pulls off a 11-5 and or 12-2 and year next year with Tua, who I think is a better quarterback than Fitzpatrick. Now, that rounds us out for the recap of the games. Uh, for those that don't remember, Fancy advice wise, I did I did say to start Kyler Murray, who has been dominating. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. Let me look at his stats real quick. I believe he was playing okay. I know the big touchdown was due to Christian Kirk. Um, 
Actually, DeAndre's not doing so hot. Only one catch, 13 yards, but I imagine they're going to start rushing the ball more, so maybe he won't have a good game, unfortunately. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. He played all right, you know, not exactly great. They got down by so much so early. They started passing so much because uh, you look at stat-wise, it doesn't make sense why they didn't rush the ball more since Jonathan Taylor did have 12 carries for six yards, which – that's five yards a click, which is fantastic. <laughs> You're basically getting a first down every two run plays if you're doing that. Um, and he did he did well at the backfield too. He had four catches for 55 yards. So overall, you know, total of 100 plus yards, and he had a couple catches. So if you're in a PPR league, he did did net you 14 points. My survivor league pick crashed and burned. Uh, I did pick the Patriots. I am blacking out on who jared selected i can't remember if he's still alive at this point uh i presume he is if he selected the dolphins but i can't remember if he did that or the colts now let's go on to the next part of showing you guys the money toned it down a little bit this week i'm sure your your earbuds appreciate that i did not do so hot my lock of the week was the vikings they uh you know i was going against the falcons who had Went Game of Thrones on me and just betrayed me so many times I could never select them on a bet. So that that unfortunately didn't hit. My parlay, uh, which I said to avoid, didn't hit. Um, and then my teaser, what's really unfortunate is everything hit except the Packers at plus, plus 12. Now, obviously, I was happy to see the Buccaneers win. That meant my prediction was correct. But... I did not see them winning by 28. No, obviously talked about it earlier. I don't think anyone on planet Earth saw them winning by 28. Unfortunately, they did, and they, they cost us the teaser. Um, now, there's always next week. That's the great, pay to, great thing about gambling. And I'm going to come back better than ever. Excited as hell to get my picks in. And I believe next week I'm going to have some winners for you. I know Jared is. We'll see if Jared's still in the Survivor League. I believe he is. Um, and there's some great matchups ne- next week. You know, as we look forward to to week seven here, we we do have, as I talked about, we got. I know for a fact we got the Steelers and Titans, which is going to be phenomenal. Um, some other other good and inter- interesting games is you have Seattle versus Arizona. You also will have Tampa Bay versus Vegas which I think is going to be another interesting game. And then as well as I think the other most interesting game of the week is going to be the Rams versus the Bears. Um, Another test for the Rams. And then also it is a test for the Bears because I would say the Rams are a little better than some of the teams they've they've played previously. So thanks everyone for for tuning in with uh, just listening to me. I'm going to hop off here and I'll, I'll see you Thursday morning. Oh, 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 oh,